JD Talking Sports. It is Saturday, January 20th, 2018, the day before the AFC and NFC Championship game. Let's get right to it. I am taking the Patriots 24-17 in overtime. Yes, in overtime. I want to take the, um, my heart's with the Jaguars. I just don't think they can do it. And I'm taking the Eagles 9-6. Yes, I picked all field goals. I think it's going to be an ugly, ugly game. And I think the Eagles are going to come out on top. You're going to have an Eagles Patriots Super Bowl. I'm really pushing for oh, I just don't know if the Jags have all can be there to get it done. Listen, the Giants Super Bowl, that seven, what, 18 and 0 team? What am I talking about? 18, 16. Yeah, 18 and 0 team was trying to go 19 and 0. They hit Brady a lot. I know they can get to the quarterback. I just, Blake Bortles is the enigma, the X factor. I don't know if he can get it done. I just don't. In my heart of hearts, I just don't think he can get it done. I mean, I'd like him to. I just don't know if it's going to happen. I guess we'll see. You know, I read about Joe Namath yesterday. He celebrated the 49th anniversary of being named the 69th Super Bowl MVP at the home of Audrey Gruss in Palm Beach, Florida. His new campaign is to raise $10 million to fund a crucial food and drug administration study on traumatic brain injury. Will be the toughest game yet. He went on to say, players with brain injuries are the underdogs today, and I will fight for them. Gruss will co-host a joint fundraiser with Namath for her Hope for Depression Research Foundation and the Joe Namath Neurological Research Center at the opening of Nick Kornilov's Art New York on May 3rd. Hey, good cause. Good cause. Good freaking cause. I know, but everybody's still, they're still marinating over my choices. I'm telling you, I think the Eagle-Viking Eagle game is going to be a dogfight, but I don't think it's going to be a lot of points. I think it's going to be, let me be wrong, it just came in my head. I saw a vision. And I was I, I saw I saw the uh, Patriots game, very tight game in overtime. They're talking about experience. Experience plays a part in it, but I think when young guys don't have nothing to nothing, they've gone further than anybody thought they would. They're not afraid. They're going to go in there. They're going to play loose. Anything's possible. Knicks won last night. Man, the Jazz had three open three pointers with less than thirty seconds left. Couldn't hit it. They won 117-115, 21-25 now. Tim Hardaway Jr., 6 for 7 from 3, 31 points. He actually missed two free throws that led to the three-pointers, but Donovan Mitchell missed an open three, then Joe Johnson, then Joe Inglis, Joseph Joe Ingles, said, they th- hey, listen, good win. Hardaway 11 for 17 last night. They play tomorrow, the Lakers, tomorrow in the afternoon. Nets play the Pistons tomorrow afternoon. Listen, a win's a win. Michael Beasley. And uh, you, you know, with the, the one thing, uh, franchise did not play, play that great. So Trey Burke came in and he had seven points in two assists in in a crunch time that's good that's good for them but i love that freaking hardaway had a big game that's nice it's nice for the knicks get a big game out of freaking out of trey burke recently signed him need that needed a lot 31 points yes we like that and actually, third quarter is when they usually have a tough game. Well, actually, they went into the fourth up 85-78. Third quarter, big. Now, I watched an awesome documentary today 
on the 50th, 50th anniversary of the UCLA-Houston game at the Astrodome where they were 55,000 people. It was the first nationally televised game. And the interesting thing was, uh, so they talked to Seth Davis, who's a long time, worked in, he worked for CBS a long time. Jim, Jim Nance was the master of ceremonies. Dick Enberg was there, who just passed a couple months ago, a month ago. And you had Don Chaney and the Big E, Elvin Hayes from Houston. I would have liked, I don't know why they couldn't get Abdul-Jabbar. That would have been interesting. Now, the game they had played the year before, six, they had played the year before in the fine, in the tournament. And after that, they, they had lost the tournament game. And Guy Lewis thought that, you know, they wanted to come. They, they actually lost by 15. And for that UCLA team, that was actually a close game because they averaged, I think they won each game by over 25 points a game. And Guy Lewis wanted to get him to play there and wouldn't, wasn't happy, didn't want to do it well. They ended up, they agreed to the game, and he said, well, you have to have my announcer, Dick Enberg, who'd only worked two years up to that point for UCLA. So he got to call the game with Bob Pettit. And actually, uh, Lou Alcindor, that was his name back then, scratched his corny eight days before the game, was in really good shape for the game. Elvin Hayes had 29 of, his, of, the, of Houston's 46 points. They're up 46-43. At the half, they ended. So they ended. They ended up winning seventy-one sixty-nine. Ended the UCLA six forty-seven game win streak. And you know they said Al Sittner with one or two eyes wouldn't have stopped the Big E. Wouldn't after the game said the said that you know Hayes' first half performance was the greatest individual performance he had ever seen. Game that actually lived up to expectations. Jabbar actually shot for four for eighteen for the game. He had fifteen points. Hayes finished with 39, 10 in the second half, hit the two crucial free throws, and actually was dribbling the ball up. And he said to this day, he's like, I don't know why I tried to dribble the ball up. He's already said he wasn't a good ball handler. And the backcourt of the of the Bruins, Lucius Allen and Mike Warren combined for 38 points. Mike Warren, who went to Hill Street Blues, they were, it was the way they shot, so smooth, man. They carried Hayes off the court. I think they carried Guy Lewis. And in nine years that Ember called UCLA basketball games, they won eight championships. He actually went on to call the 79 Magic versus Bird game, but he said the Houston-UCLA game was the game of the century. And then it's interesting. So they met on January 20th, 1968. And they end up, so Hayes scores 39, Alcindor scores 15. They meet again in the final four, not the final, March 22nd, 1960 in L.A. Houston came in as the number one team in the country. UCLA was up 22 at the half. Hayes had 10 points in the game. UCLA beat him 101-69, and they beat North Carolina next day to win its fourth championship in five years. And Jabbar against Houston at 19 points, 18 rebounds. And I know, you know, they said, you know, the record show we won in Elvin Hayes, and I was like, oh, that's cool and all. But, dude, when it came to the tournament, you got your asses kicked. And I think in the end, you know, you did break a streak, but, you know, I'd rather get my streak broken than <laughs> and get the ring at the end. Because in the end, you know, hey, that's... That, at the end, you you want you want the prize at the end. You don't want the prize in the middle. And I, you know it was it was very interesting the game. You know it was just if you get a chance to see it, it was on CBS Sports. It was pretty good. And Elvin Hayes, man, I mean for for John Wooden who didn't give compliments like that, especially to his own team. And actually, at one point they were saying they were going to talk Lucius Allen, Mike Warren, and Lucius Allen was going to talk to Wooden, saying they could outrun these guys, and he said they should take out. Uh, Alcindor, because they said he was, you know, he was, he 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 wasn't he wasn't hundred percent, and they ended up not doing it. But they thought they could outrun him. 
man, they, you know, they made a run at the end and they lost, you know, it was, it was an interesting documentary. I didn't realize how great. I once saw, talked about previously on the show, I saw when I was in grad school, we went to the UNC Wake Forest against Tim Duncan and, oh my God, I'm blanking on his name. Oh my God. The Dunkmaster, who's still playing right now. Oh my God. Oh my God. UNC nineteen ninety eight. How am I? How am I forgetting? How am I forgetting Vince Carter? How am I forgetting Vince Carter's name? I'm going senile as I get older. I saw him when he had twenty something. The first, I mean, he just lit it up. Lit it up. That was one of the greatest games I ever went to. Live. I mean, I saw LeBron score 50 in the Garden. But I still remember that game where we went, we went underneath the hoop for a reverse slam over over Duncan. And the whole place went apeshit. They went crazy. And I love this. I read this in the New York Times. Today. Jeff Glass, 32 years young, rookie goaltender for the Blackhawks. He's played in Russia. He's played overseas. He finally got his shot this year. Taking each day as it comes, he says, has always been part of his routine. And so it's about to change a formula that has served him so well. At the end of the day, it's just a matter of going out and stopping hockey pucks. I just thought that it's just a matter of going out and stopping hockey pucks. Just going out and stopping hockey pucks. You know, sometimes it's just so simple. Oh, we watched Shape of Water tonight. Freaking awesome. We watched LBJ with um, Woody Harrelson. He's fucking awesome. I mean, the makeup was a little much, but it was a very interesting to watch the history taking over for JFK. Very well done. And Shape of Water, the Shape of Water was fantastic, man. Just rock, rock 'em, sock 'em, good. Highly recommend it. And the Cavs tonight, what they lose? 148, 124 to the freaking. to the. to OKC? I, worst loss ever, most points ever given up by by LeBron by a LeBron led team. Yeah, wow. We're going for consecutive wins for the first time since December seventeenth at uh, Quicken Loans. Thunder's twenty six and twenty. The Cavs fell to twenty seven and eighteen. Thunder. Four straight wins, two and a half games back in Minnesota for the top spot in the Northwest Division. The, the big three scored 88 points. Freaking Russell Westbrook, 23 points, nine rebounds, 20 assists. Paul George came up big. He also uh, clamped down on James Limited to 18 points. He was going for 30,000. He needed 25 to become the seventh player in league history to hit 30,000 for his career. Unbelievable. Became the first player in NBA in the NBA to register 20 points and 20 dimes in a game this season. And a 17-rebound shy of that. This, listen, listen. Russell Westbrook, 25 a game, 9.6 rebounds, 10.1 assists. Again, he's going to get uh, Carmelo at 29. Steven Adams at 25 points, 10 rebounds. Starters combined for 121 points. 121 points for the starters. Cleveland's 28th-ranked defense, 109.2 points per 100 possessions, possessions per NBA.com. Most in franchise history. Wow. 
Only bright spot, Isaiah Thomas scored a season high 24 points, 8 for 14 shooting, 4 for 8 from threes. They played Tuesday night against the uh, the Spurs, and the Thunder will be back in action Tuesday when they attempt to uh, when they play the Brooklyn Nets. And another Mike Vrabel was hired by the Titans. I think he's a good choice, but still no Aaron already hires this year. Are we shocked? No, no, not shocked at all. No, because you know that that's the way that's the way the world is right now. It's funny. I after watching LBJ where they passed the civil rights bill. I just can't believe that there's not there is a dearth of minority candidates out there for coaching positions. But it's a it's a, it's the white boy network. It is, and until something changes, I feel like you know there's guys that should get positions you don't hear about. Pepper Johnson's been coaching forever. You you're telling me that Mean Joe Green coaching all those years couldn't become a head coach? He couldn't motivate players. I find that hard to believe. I feel like there's a lot of guys that should have been been given still to this day that are out there that you know. Just don't get the shot. And you're just like, well, why aren't they getting a shot? Something has to change. I'm sorry. I can't believe that the only good coaches out there are white coaches. I just just don't believe it. Call me crazy, but I don't see it. And and now that the Cavs are interested in, as I said yesterday, interested in to their 29th defensive efficiency. They wanted, they're interested in DeAndre Jordan, who's expected to pass on his $24.2 million option for next season. That's crazy, right? Lou Williams, they're also interested in. He's averaging over 23 a game for the Clippers. And they're also interested in George Hill from, who's on Sacramento. They're trying to go younger, even though they're just on a three-year $57 million contract. Now, would they part with their number one pick? From the Nets in the 2018 draft. We shall see. But I'll tell you, after getting given 148 points today, something's got to change. You know, LeBron's stewing. Stewing. So, and then we got the Vikings, you know, talking NFL tomorrow. Vikings three-point favorites. And the Patriots are nine-and-a-half-point favorites. Patriots are favored every game this season with spreads from two-and-a-half to 17 points. Patriots have won two of the last three Super Bowls in a minute of 10 games for 15 consecutive seasons. Jags entered this season six consecutive seasons with five or fewer wins. Eagles are coming off back-to-back seven to nine seasons. Vikings first playoff win in eight years in that miracle against the Saints. Super Bowl wins the three other teams: Jags, Vikings, and the Eagles have zero, zero, and we have the freaking Patriots going for the sixth straight. And Gronkowski, when he goes for hundred yards, they are fourteen and zero the last four seasons when he has hundred yards receiving. And the Knicks, I, and I want to know what Lithuanian winning and laser. Also, Rock wants to get us all together, the, the uh, three musketeers, to do a show together. I, I like that idea. The Knicks have reportedly not held substantive, 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 substantive discussions with the Charlotte Hornets about a trade for Kemba Walker. Hornets are interested in trade talks with the Knicks, who have the who have first round picks and first round pick Nila Kina. Would they trade him? But New York doesn't appear ready to meet Charlotte's desired return, which includes taking on a bad contract. Walker responded to the rumors by saying he'd be pretty upset to get moved by the franchise to select him with the ninth overall pick in 2011 draft. Yeah, he's happy there. You know, he's averaging 21 a game, six assists, three rebounds in 41 games. 
Seventh among qualified point guards and player efficiency rating ahead of John Wall, among others. He's under contract to, to next season with a reasonable $12 million cap hit. Well, so far right now. Oh, and, and Brady's playing. I mean, come on, really? Did we really not think Brady was going to play? They said he's expected to start. Are you kidding me? And uh, the rich get richer. Uh, Zion Williamson, everybody thought he was going to, to play for Coach Cal. He's going to do the rich get richer. Damn, they're going to be, they're just every year stocking up, stocking up. Bring up, bring the next guy on. Bring it on. Bring it on. Unbelievable, right? Woman, This woman got killed in uh, Kitty, Kitty West in Alabama. She was married with a kid. She was posting risque pictures online. Well, they found her dead in front of the house. She's a picture of her up. With her opening the fridge with no pants on, with a lingerie top and no pants on. Just like, keep it classy. She was a very attractive woman, but homicide? What the, what the hell's going on here? How about this? According to the official list released by the NFL, they have a, a record 106 underclassmen given special entry to the NFL draft. Another 13 players with eligibility remaining are eligible to draft. They include uh, Wyoming quarterback Josh Allen. Of the 95 underclassmen allowed into draft last season, 28 weren't drafted. 28. 28. Crazy. Hey, after you won, they beat Mount St. Mary's today. That's a big win for them. Win's a win, right? Man, thunder. <sighs> Destroyed them. Destroyed them. How about this? Oklahoma loses 83-1 in overtime to Oklahoma State. And Trey Young, the freshman, scores 48 of the 81. Do, do the math. He outscored his team 48-33. to 48. Yeah, he's not going pro. Are you kidding me? 48 points. Unbelievable. Kentucky lost tonight to uh, SEC leading Florida. How about that? Still, and, and, and his canter. He put next to 148, he put a lightning bolt. He is not a fan of uh, LeBron James. And uh, <laughs> oh, he put a, a crown. And he put hashtag strive for greatness with a blimp or a rocket going up. And it's, man, he just kind of like it is, right? And supposedly Sepp Blatter called U.S. President Barack Obama before uh, FIFA awarded the 2022 World Cup to Qatar to tell him the U.S. was likely going to lose out. He always claimed he was always pushing for the U.S. to win the 2022 hosting rights, detailed the late change in votes in 2010 that gave the tournament to Qatar an interview with Bonita Mercedes, a former member of Australia's bid committee. It's all politics. Come on. And uh, Mercedes, Mercedes uh, exposed her country's committees, gave bribes to FIFA in an attempt to win votes, provided experts to the Daily Mail of a new book, Whatever It Takes, The Inside Story of the FIFA Way. Oh, when he knew they weren't going to win, he gave a courtesy call, Sepp Blatter, to the uh, president, and uh, Galati, saying that it was going to cut her. Yeah. And he actually met with him. Wow. Unbelievable. 
And now he's in prison. Oh, and I love this one, that Blatter said that after the 2022 vote, he agreed not to strip Cutter of the tournament after a handshake deal with <coughs> uh, Qatari <coughs> leaders that Mohammed bin Hamam would not run against him in the 2011 FIFA presidential election. And he ran anyway, but dropped out days before the vote, and Blatter was elected <coughs> unopposed. Yeah, the shady, shady. Yeah, he's serving a ban from all football-related activities for six years. It's a result of disloyal payment of two million Swiss francs, about two million dollars, allegedly made to Platini in two thousand eleven. Just shady. I wish. Oh, and UConn, man. How about Kevin Ollie? Won the national championship in two thousand fourteen. And since then, they, they they were down 21 at the half to the number one Villanova. 31 in the second half. They lost by 20, 81-61. They're 10-9 overall. Loss put them outside the top 150 teams in Ken Pomeroy's rankings. 0-7 against top 50 opponents so far this season. And required overtime just to get past Monmouth and Columbia in non-league play. And he was a hot commodity. Now, if they fire Ali, they'll owe him a six hundred thousand if he's fired before his contract expires in two thousand twenty-one. They said attendance is wiggling and the program trending the wrong direction. Unbelievable, huh? I guess they don't think they could write the ship. That he had already had a guy transfer to Louisville this year. Wow, it's amazing how you know. I remember how hot a commodity he was. This uh, Stephen Onik, the starting forward left from Louisville last spring. The fellow big man Jawan Durham transferred to Durham, transferred to Notre Dame, and promising recruit uh, Mackay Ashton Langford asked to be released from his letter of intent and later signed with Providence. And they've lost back-to-back season season-ending injuries to Harold Guard, Alterique Gilbert. Listen, Huskies are 344th in the nation in assists per made basket, 331st in three-point shooting percentage, and 305th in field goal percentage inside the arc. Wow. Not a good year to be a... They had 18 points in the first half today. Drew Booze walking off the court at halftime after scoring only two points in the final six and a half minutes. And it, Ali's taken it well because he's locked his Twitter account, blocked followers who have made disparaging comments, and has spoken about the importance of staying off social media during the season. Said he's on the hot seat. Wow. And poof, there it is. Another coach going through some shitty times. Crazy. All right. Let me do the trivia questions for today. Okay, last night's trivia question. Most wins by a Stanford football head coach. David Shaw was 72. That's not shocking to me. Who was the only college, college, who, who was the only 
player in college football history to have two seasons with 3,000 passing yards and 1,000 yards rushing. Only college football in the FBS to have two seasons with 3,000 yards passing and 1,000 yards rushing. All right, Lithuanian Laser. We'll see you tomorrow. I am rooting for the Jags, and I kind of want the Eagles to win, man. I would like freaking Nick Foles to have the game of his life. Case Keenum, I know my, my cousin Hal is a huge Houston fan, Texas fan, but I, 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 I got to root for the Eagles, I'm telling you. And I have a cousin who's a huge Viking fan, but I kind of want their... You know, they got lucky last week. They shouldn't be in this game. Saints should be playing this week, and they're not. I think their Cinderella ride ends, and I think the Eagles are going to go into the Super Bowl. How about that? Would that be crazy? Eagles-Jaguars Super Bowl. I would love to see it. I know I know everybody, NFL wouldn't want to see it without Tommy Boy, but I'd love to see Tommy Boy get knocked down tomorrow. That would make my whole freaking day. All right, I'm going to bed. Have a good night. Peace out.